Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon from the First Bank Studio here in uh, Hattiesburg. Luke is off for a few days, and here as of late, when uh, one of us is not on the show, we start getting messages, are you sick? Luke is well and happy and uh, traveling a little pre-Christmas trip uh, with his beautiful wife, Lauren, and uh, I'm sure having a very good time. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Catering is available now for Dickie's. Uh, they've got the uh, Dickie's Catering Buffet. Uh, you can have it for three people or 50 people if you're getting together over the holidays. Be sure that you check that out. Also, they have individual uh, sack lunches. Uh, if you prefer to do catering that way in this world of covid uh, Dickies can help you out there too, but whatever your catering needs may be over the next few days, uh, next few weeks, we should say, uh, make sure you give Dickies a call here in Hattiesburg. They can pick you up. Patrick McGee's with me today, the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald, as we uh, dive into a Thursday of the Eagle Hour. Lots to talk about, Patrick. It's one of those weird years that on uh, Thursday afternoon at five thirty, the Golden Eagles are playing a football game on national TV. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's 2020. Uh, there's been a lot of shuffling of the schedule. Uh, you know, uh, FAU here the last game of the season. Uh, I, I think there was at one point FAU was thinking if they won this game, they might have a chance to get into the conference title game. Uh, but that's basically been ruled out. Marshall's going to advance, which is only fair. They beat uh, FAU earlier this season. So uh, it's a game, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's kind of an opportunity to get on the field and, and, and and show a little bit to maybe the new head coach, you know, Will Hall at Southern Miss. So uh, it's a weird deal. It's got kind of a, a consolation price, <laughs> price feel to it or something. I don't know. It's, right. it's a nationally televised game on, on CBS Sports Network. And uh, it's, a, it's you know, it's going to be the last game for these seniors. So for them, it's a, it's a game they won't forget. Right. Four coaches. Well, at least the ones that decide they don't want to come back. Right, right, right. <laughs> Four coaches uh, canceled games because of this virus, uh, you know, end of the year, and irregardless for Southern Miss. What, what what do you expect out of these kids tonight? I mean, they, they've been pretty tough and courageous fighting through all of this, but what would you expect as a sports writer to, to see out of Southern Miss tonight, Patrick? Well, well, I think the defense has played hard uh, throughout this, so I, I think that's the one thing. I, I think we're going to see somewhat of a low scoring. Uh, football game. I, I think the defense is still there. The offense has obviously had a rough go of it with the you know, uh, quarterback really kind of changing every week, it seems. Uh, you know, I, I think there's been some positive signs on the offensive line, uh, especially with Lewis Smith. There's a the, uh, freshman filling well there at center. Uh, but uh, I guess really quarterback is what you're going to be watching is Trey Lowe can kind of benefit from a uh, a couple of weeks of working with that first team, Tate Watley won't be playing. He injured his uh, shoulder. 
uh, there late that last game against UTSA. Uh, it's, it was kind of it's been kind of freakish where Watley's got hurt on the last play uh, from scrimmage and two ball two losses against Liberty and UTSA. I mean, if he had just stayed mm-hmm. uh, one more play, he would have been on the field a lot more this season. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's going to be a, I think a big game for Trey Lowe uh, for him to show that he can move the offense because obviously up to this point uh, it hasn't been very productive whenever he's been in there. Well, that was my next question. So you you've got Watley, you've got Trey Lowe. I'm sure there's some other QBs on the roster, and you got a new coach mm-hmm. sitting up somewhere in the stadium tonight watching all of this. Do you think that um, a quarterback that's on the team now? is what the new staff uh, will be looking at, or do you think they're going to go out and try to get their own quarterback? Well, I, I think uh, uh, Will Hall is you know, obviously probably already going through game film and stuff, and he's going to be pretty encouraged by, by, by what he sees out of Tate Whiteley. But obviously up to this point, he's had a hard time staying healthy. Um, so that's a concern. Right. Uh, I, I think the staff is going to try to recruit a quarter, uh, probably a couple of quarterbacks. And see who they can get in, and and who can compete in the spring. So, uh, I think Watley gives you some uh, uh, reason to be optimistic at quarterback in terms of a guy that's already in the roster uh, that can move the offense and is progressing with each season. Uh, you know, he's got potential, but I, I would expect the staff will go out and, and look for another quarterback. Signing day is not very far off. Are there some names that jump out at you right now that that you think uh, may be good sign good signings for Southern Miss football? Well, I mean, I think everybody's going to be, you know, watching uh, Ty Keyes, the quarterback out of Taylorsville. It remains to be seen where he goes. Uh, I, I think Will Hall and staff are certainly going to be staying in touch. I think Will Hall's already kind of reached out. Uh, I think it was on Monday I heard that he had he was texting Ty. Uh, Xavier Evans, a, uh, a kid that at Laurel, he was committed to Arkansas State. He decommitted. Uh, I think Desmond Lindsay, who's uh, obviously coming down from Arkansas State to join Will, Will Hall staff is probably the receivers coach. Uh, he's one of those guys that he's been recruiting. Uh, I think maybe there's potential to really kind of uh, get a lot of those Arkansas State guys because it sounds like Blake Anderson's going to be the next head coach at Utah State. Um, really, really, well, yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's, that's good for him. Out this, yeah, it's, it's not exactly a, a big move up, but I think he was looking for a fresh start, uh, like there at Arkansas State, which is understandable. He's had a tough that personally there with his wife dying right. and I, I think it's probably just just a good move for him to have kind of a personal reboot and I you know I don't doubt that maybe Southern has tried to look at Blake but uh, so he I think if Blake had left Arkansas State for say Southern Miss Arkansas State would have been owed eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars so that's you know that would have been kind of a pricey move so but yeah I, I think maybe Desmond Lindsay and some of these other guys start looking at some of these Arkansas State guys that not only in Mississippi and maybe in Louisiana from your perspective Patrick what are the biggest needs what do you think will Hall has to go out and find position wise uh, really everywhere I don't think there's really one area that he has to focus in on uh, he has to you know with so many seniors potentially coming back for next year, uh, the scholarship situation is going to be very complex. Uh, so I, you know, I don't have. I'm not. A, <laughs> I wish I had a great understanding on how he's going to do that. But he acknowledged that it's going to be interesting to see how things kind of fall fall into place in terms of this recruiting class. But I don't expect him to go into one area specifically. It really depends on where seniors are returning. 
but yeah, he's he's just going to go out. I think and probably get the best players he can possibly get. Now he said all the right things, and and he seems to. I think everyone kind of mutually agrees this was a good hire. But does he have a real big rebuilding job in front of him, or do you think this roster as it exists today? Is is just a few players and, and maybe a new coaching philosophy short of being able to compete for a CUSA championship? No, I I don't expect them to compete for say a conference championship next year. Can they compete? You know, can they be a five hundred seven win seven win team? Yeah, I mean that's possible if if uh, he kind of hits the ground running. The staff really kind of uh, gets a bunch of these seniors back, and he's able to kind of filling gaps you know, effectively in this recruiting class, I think they can compete. I don't think they're going to be a conference championship type team uh, next season. But, you know, uh, Hall's going to put together a staff that he knows well. And I, I think in terms of chemistry from day one, it's going to be a pretty clear plan of what they want to put in place. So I think they can compete under Will Hall, say, next season. But in terms of playing for conference championships, it's going to be uh, difficult to over team, overcome teams like UAB and and UTSA and some other staffs that are just just been around a little bit longer. But it is a reboot for a football program that really is in need of that. And it seems to me, Patrick, and I'd love to hear your opinion. Uh, they need a they need a coach hall to come in here and give them some guidance and stability for the next two or three seasons at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. You know, you know, Will Hall is a guy on the rise, but I don't see him looking to jump ship. He knows he has to work really hard. Uh, uh, to win right now at Southern Miss, it's you know it's a less than ideal situation that he's walking into for a variety of reasons. A lot of players left and transferred. Uh, it's it's a complicated deal uh, due to COVID. Uh, it's just a weird situation any first year coach is walking into. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, he's he's the right fit in terms of leadership and clear voice for the program. Somebody that can you know go to your Kiwanis Club or or some of these other places and and really kind of sell the program on people uh, that they're maybe kind of on the fence or kind of, you know, your laissez-faire fan that might, that might show up once or twice a season. They need people showing up, you know, five, six games a season. So I think in terms of leadership and, and uh, uh, really creating a focus for the program, I think Will Hall will be able to do that pretty quickly. All right, we're talking to Patrick McGee, sports writer, of course, for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, a great contributor to the Eagle Hour. When we get back on the other side of the break, talk to Patrick about uh, the coaching staff and when we think that may uh, begin to uh, be publicly announced. And then, of course, there is basketball. And uh, right now, (laughs) right now, there's a lot of room for improvement in basketball. We'll talk about that. Also remind you that our toy drive and uh, food drive is underway for Homes of Hope for Kids in Purvis. You can drop off your donations at any corner market food store in Hattiesburg here at the studio at our studios in downtown Laurel, and we're desperately asking you to please make that part of your weekend shopping, and uh, we'll look forward to telling you more about that when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Uh, Patrick McGee with us from the Biloxi Sun-Herald this afternoon. Bob Getty. I got the ship by myself at the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I want to thank First Bank for their sponsorship, of course, of the Eagle Hour. 
as well as Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. What a great place to do some Christmas shopping. Uh, If you prefer to avoid the crowds and the virus, uh, you can go online to campusbookmart.net. Pick out your apparel. They'll send it right to your front door. You want to shop? They're open Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street, right across the street from the Southern Miss Campus. Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. A must stop if you have a Golden Eagle on your Christmas list. All right, Patrick, before we move on from football, obviously a, a big and important thing for Will Hall is his staff. When we talked to him Monday uh, on this show, he indicated that he thought, well, he indicated that he knew who the staff was going to be, but for professional mm-hmm. reasons, he wasn't going to release names. But the thing should be finalized within a week. Is there any information that maybe you've obtained you can share with us about that? Well, uh, footballscoop.com, which is kind of, you know, in tune with a lot of these coaches, and they hear a lot of buzz. I mean, they've got some names out there. I think one name I mentioned, I think it was last week, was Chad Williams, uh, who's the defensive coordinator at Central Arkansas. He's apparently going to join the staff, probably uh, 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 handle the defensive backs. And the uh, one report that made its way out, I think it was Sunday, is or, yeah, Sunday, is that Louisiana Lafayette linebackers coach, Austin Armstrong was going to be Hall's defensive coordinator, which I kind of scratched my head on. I think he's only like 26. Uh, he was like an analyst at Georgia, uh, you know, has worked at Lafayette, I think, the last two seasons. So he's been around some good coaches. Apparently they think of him as kind of an up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, And also uh, Cody Kennedy, apparently it's been confirmed this week that he's going to follow uh, Will Hall. Uh, from Tulane to Southern Miss as offensive line coach, and that's a good get. So you get somebody that's pretty established there as your line coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive coordinator has been a little bit a confused deal. At first, it was going to be the Liberty offensive line coach, Sam Gregg, uh, but footballscoop.com was saying that now it's going to be Caden Cochran, another guy that worked for Hall at West Georgia, who's the offensive coordinator at Emporia State, which I believe is a Division II program. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a bunch of guys that Hall uh, knows, and I, you know, in terms of like implementing what he has, you know, implementing vision for the program that will help. Uh, you know, it, I guess the only side here is, you know, I, I think maybe the outside hires will be the ones that we hear about last. And uh, in terms of filling in the pieces, I'm not sure who that might be. Say a running backs coach or a defensive line coach or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you know, right now it looks like his staff is almost entirely in place. And, uh, that's what Hall said last week. Aside from, I think uh, he was hoping to get Sam Gregg, but apparently it's now Caden Cochran, right. uh, who was at West Georgia. These are all West Georgia guys, including Chad Williams, former Southern Miss football player. Well, it makes sense. I mean, these are people he knows. Do you think he will continue to call plays? Uh, he was obviously very good at it at Tulane. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think he'll be your play caller or, or work very closely with Caden uh, Cochran or whoever the offensive coordinator is. It's going to be Will Hall's offense. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, so to me, the hire on the defensive side was the most important. Uh, but, you know, Austin Armstrong must be somebody that really Hall has a lot of confidence in because he is very young. Right. Uh, I believe 26 or 27. As Kelly said yesterday, he saw his picture and doesn't think he started shaving yet. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's pretty young. You're right. All right, Patrick. And I even uh, right now, I, I don't know what to say, but uh, let's talk about basketball. Uh, Mm-hmm. All of us have talked with great anticipation about this basketball team on paper, and I realize they haven't played much, but 
They got drubbed last night at the, at Tulane, and uh, other than one game over William Carey University, they have not been very competitive, Patrick. No, uh, only twelve points in the first half against Tulane. Then you lose fifty-eight twenty. Uh, excuse me, fifty-eight thirty-eight. Uh, they're just not shooting the ball well. Uh, Ladavius struggled last night. Uh, I think point guard Hardy was like one of ten or one of eleven. Yeah, one of ten. Uh, I think really your only kind of bright spot here early on has been uh, drawn uh, Pierre, uh, the freshman guard out of New Orleans. I'm sure you know he was happy to be back home last night. Uh, but right now, it's been kind of weird. There's been uh, one or two guys that have played one game and haven't played the next. I think maybe there's protocols involved there, maybe a thing here or there. Um, but for the most part, the guys on the court are the guys we knew they were going to be relying on. And so mm-hmm. far, they just have, have not been good, uh, offensively especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, whenever Jay Ladner took this job, he wanted a team that could really shoot it. And uh, really, two years, you know, uh, we saw one full year, and now we're you know, th- you know, three games in, and they just have haven't shot the well so far. Yeah, yeah shot shot well at all. So it's it's a little concerning, and you know, you want to see little signs of promise, and things can certainly change in in the course of one or two games. But so far, they have not been good. Is Tulane a good basketball team, average basketball team that they played last night? You think? Uh, I mean, they're they're okay. I mean, they haven't lost a game yet, and they've they've beaten Division One competition. But you know, it's Lipscomb and Lamar. Uh, uh, they, you know, it's uh, so they're they're a team that would probably be in the top, you know, three or four of Conference USA if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the top half at least. So you know, take what you will of it. Uh, but this is a team that's still a bunch of new guys, uh, JUCO transfers. You know, first year high school guys. Um, it's you know, th- there's still a lot of work to be done, but. Uh, right now, they're just kind of getting getting off to a rough start right now. Kelly brought this up earlier this week. I think it's a legit concern. I'd like to get your thoughts. With COVID out there, uh, you know, I, I think we all understand it's it's a whole collection of new kids. And, and the only way you get better and develop a chemistry and decide really how you're going to utilize your roster is to play basketball games. And so, you know, under normal circumstances, you might be able to say, well, you know, eight, ten games into the season, we should see this team begin to show an identity in jail. But, you know, you don't know how many games you're going to get to play because of COVID-19. So I think that really, uh, that's kind of an added concern at this point. Is that fair? Yeah, they've already had two games canceled. One they replaced pretty quickly uh, going to Jacksonville in the season opener. But the Southern Illinois game, uh, was supposed to be a, you know, I think last week at Southern Illinois, and that got canceled. You've got South Alabama coming to town next. Maybe that's an easy one to get off, you know, so nearby. Uh, but then you got to go Lamar. Then you're supposed to host host the ULM. Uh, then you get right in the conference. Late. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you really needed to kind of be uh, in a good spot to start the season uh, to really take advantage of the practices you've got coming in, and because it's going to be it. it in a season like this, unfortunately, you just don't have time to work out the kinks. It's not a long non-conference schedule. Uh, so uh, they really need to kind of figure out things over the next three games or the, the conference slate may kind of put them on the butts. Yeah, and we don't say this often, but the competition really steps up when you get into Conference USA basketball from what they're playing right now. Is that a fair statement? 
Right, you're not bouncing from Jacksonville to William Carey to to Tulane. You're playing consistently solid teams, you know, week in and week out. There's going to be one or two teams on the conference slate that aren't very good, but everybody else is going to be uh, good enough to the point where you better show up and play really well, or you're not going to win the basketball game. Right. Uh, right. So it's you know, uh, the overall depth in Conference USA is okay, except maybe the bottom two or three teams. So uh, we'll see what happens. But teams like North Texas, Louisiana Tech, uh, UTSA. Uh, UAB, UTEP, those are going to be teams that you really don't see Southern Miss beating at this point if they continue to look like this. Right. All right, Patrick, a couple minutes left. Uh, high school football finally over uh, all the championship games played. Southern teams did uh, very, very well this year. You've been working kind of two hats down there on the coast, also doing news reporting uh, for the Herald. And, of course, we're in the midst of this just almost frightening rash of COVID-19 around the state. Just your thoughts on uh, on high school football being played this year. And do you think that that contributed any way to what we're experiencing now with COVID? Or would that be an unfair label to put on high school football? Well, I think, I think there's so many contributing factors in that, you know, Friday nights at football stadiums where, you know, some schools followed social distancing, others didn't. didn't. I think it's a, you know, a small contributor but in, in in a pandemic, every little step you make can make a difference. And uh, in these small communities where the biggest gathering is on a Friday night at the football stadium, uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> there was probably some some spread of it. Uh, uh, it's you know I I was at those games and I did my best to keep a distance and everything uh, at football games just because some people would pack in. You would see a uh, of course the students aren't really a, a, a danger of uh, really being hurt hard by hit hard by COVID, but you would see the student section of these games. That'd be packed in row by row, you know, a hundred kids, uh, stacked in like, you know, uh, like firewood, you know? Right. Uh, so it, it, yeah, I mean, it contributed to it. Uh, whenever you have 50% capacity, to high school football game, uh, that's still a pretty good crowd. Uh, it's seldom is some places like that where it's only 25%. It's easier to spread out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we never have to deal with this again after this pandemic's over, but I hope we do an in-depth analysis um the things that worked, the things that we did, and the things we don't need to do again if we ever have to face something like this again. And Lord, I hope not. Uh, but uh, we've got to do an in-depth analysis on what worked in terms of uh, mitigating the spread. I think that's very well said, Patrick. I appreciate your input about that. I appreciate everything that you do. For the Eagle Hour, my friend. Look forward to talking to you again next Thursday. All right. Thanks, Bob. Stay safe. All right. Patrick McGee, everybody. Sports reporter, the best in Mississippi these days at the Biloxi Sun-Herald and a great contributor to the Eagle Hour. Very grateful for Patrick. We'll be right back. Kelly Sanders is going to join me after the break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. We love those guys down there right in the shadow of the rock. Great lunches five days a week, eight ninety five. Slade and his crew, oh, they're just the best. And uh, they, they serve delicious food, really, really good food. If you haven't eaten there, uh, it's a lot more than a sports bar 
and a place to go shoot pool. It's a place to really enjoy good food, and we encourage you to do just that. 2020 Homes of Hope uh, for Children Toy and Canned Food Drive is underway, sponsored by Super Talk. Drop-off points for any toy or canned food donations or corner market in Bellevue, Oak Grove, and Midtown. The Citizens Bank drive through on Highway 98 West. Todd's Shovel State Farm Agency, <coughs> excuse me, at 5740 U.S. 11 in Purvis. Really appreciate the Todd uh, pitching in and helping us. You can uh, drop off stuff at Bohoma Casino in Sandersville or at our Super Talk stations uh, in Laurel and downtown Laurel and uh, here if you'd like. Uh, but we have a corner market right next door to us. So we'll be... Uh, broadcasting uh, the JT show next Friday from Corner Market in Midtown, and we hope that you will pitch in and uh, help us with these donations. All right, my buddy Kelly Sander joins me here in the third segment. Uh, Kelly, I want to. We'll get to the football game that's going to be played here in just a few hours here shortly. But we love Jay Ladner, and we have a lot of faith in Jay Ladner and Spoon and Richard Williams, and it's an all-star coaching staff. But you said Jay Ladner said last night the players on this basketball team need to toughen up some. Yeah, he, if if you've watched the first, one of the things that you've taken out of the first two games, if you've watched the Eagle games, your person on TV is, you know, everybody makes a comment. Man, we're just we're just not getting inside. We, we can't get those, you know, those those buckets underneath. We're shooting too many three pointers, and uh, first of all, they're not shooting well. Uh, you know, you you and Patrick, you know, talked about that. They're not shooting well at all. Um, and Jay Ladner said in his post game uh, press conference last night, he said it's just so far, his guys just aren't tough enough. He said they have got to to get tough. Well, you know, it's called banging the boards for a reason. You know that it's going to be physical underneath. It's going to be tough underneath. They're getting you know rebounds and things like that. And he said when other teams have wanted to get physical, rather than the Eagles answering it with reciprocal toughness, they've just backed off. It, it's like they're, you hesitate to use the word afraid, but it's just that's just not their style. They don't want to have to you know, bang underneath. And, and Coach Ladner was just saying last night, we have got, as a team, they've got to toughen up. You know, yeah. Because you're not, in, in, not just Southern Miss, but any team, it's going to win a majority of its games from the three-point line. No. I mean, if you're expecting to win games having to shoot three-pointers, you're in for a long night. And so far, the Eagles have been in for a couple of rough nights. I mean, it's just the numbers aren't there. You know, what they shoot about 20% last night. First half, I think they shot 18%. 12 points you know, in the first half, Kelly. I, I go to – I've seen – girls' high school basketball games. <laughs> that they've, you know, that that's the kind of – Point total you look for in games at that level, not not in Division One college basketball. Yeah, but you know what's remarkable about that, Bob, is Tulane waited for them. You know, I mean, the, the yeah. Waves could have blown the Eagles out in the first half. So I think that's a test a testament to the way that Southern can play defense, or at least that they've shown that they can play defense so right. far. Right. Um, but the best answer for a good defense is having some kind of offense. And it right. has not been there. Here's maybe an idea for learning how to play down in the paint. Why don't they dig out some old film from Clarence Weatherspoon in college and Olympic and professional basketball? Now, there's a guy that got physical. I mean, if you want to get physical, play like the Spoon played. Yeah, but in fairness, Bob, not a lot of guys are built like Spoon. Yeah, he's pretty big. You know? I mean, <laughs> that's like a Mack truck coming under there, and I right. think I'd be a little bit intimidated too if Spoon was right. coming at me. And and that type of 
that type of play that we're talking about, it's not just an X and O type of play. That kind of has to come from your gut, right? Yeah. I mean, either you're tough or you're not. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you look like. You know, the old adage that the guy looks like Tarzan but plays like Jane. Right. Right. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that's the case with, with some of these Southern Miss guys, but I think Jay Ladner has challenged them that they better get they better start getting a little tougher underneath or we could be in for a very a much longer season than right. we originally anticipated. Many years ago when Spoon was playing in your ride, he he's a beast and he's still a yeah. huge man. Uh, I told Coach Turk one uh, afternoon uh at, hanging around watching him practice that you know, Coach, Spoon would make a heck of a tight end and I no more got it out of my mouth. He looked at me and said, let me make this real clear. Spoon ain't playing football. <laughs> you know what I would have said? Spoon can do whatever he wants. <laughs> you know? Coach Turk wanted to hear nothing about Spoon uh, I, I playing football. Denny Crum one time, of course, the legendary coach at Louisville with his carnation, you know, and his, uh, and his burgundy jackets. Uh, he came over to me one night at the press table and he said, uh, when does Clarence Weatherspoon graduate? You know, cause he, it seems like he'd been around forever. And I said to Danny Crum, I said, oh, yeah, this coming from the guy who has Purvis Ellison. Because you know, <laughs> it seemed like Purvis Ellison played for Louisville for Well, years. we won't start being, we won't start doing the old man thing. But, boy, what yeah. what glorious times when Denny Crum would bring the, the high-flying Cardinals into Reed Green and you knew, Kelly Sander, it was going to be a fist fight. It was just going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, and back then, you know, Kenny Payne, who was from Laurel, Who's now a, you know an assistant basketball coach, and, and I think was an assistant for for Louisville for a long time. Kenny Payne, who was from Laurel, played for Louisville. Right. Uh, he chose Louisville over Southern Miss, so there were some people that just wanted to beat Louisville, just you know, to kind of get back in a in a friendly way at, at Kenny Payne. But yeah, the Eagles. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent that you can see that the, the talent is there. They they look they're very athletic. Um, much taller than they've been, but again, uh, apparently the, the biggest thing on the top of Jay Ladner's list is toughness inside, because that's where you're going to get a majority of your points if you want to win games. Um, well, it's early, you know, it's early, and uh, and uh, we have a lot of faith in the coaching staff. Uh, we'll just have to let them play and see if things uh, improve, and, and hopefully they will soon. All right, Kelly. Well, tonight. Uh, as Patrick and I were talking, you can tell it's 2020 because on a Thursday afternoon at 5.30, the Golden Eagle football team's on national TV. Yeah, how about that? Uh, and, and really, look, let's, you know, we, we call it it is on this show. They're, the game is really more important for FAU than it is, you know, for Southern Miss because the Owls are still in the in the conference USA hunt. Um, you know, the, the Eagles aren't, but... But Will Hall, you know, the new coach at Southern Miss, says that he's just going to kind of use this game as a way to kind of get to know his players better and and maybe see you know actual see them actually perform on the field. And uh, so he's just going to kind of keep keep a distance, you know, in this game. But uh, you know, it might it might really be good for the Eagles that they're not playing for anything. I mean, a chance to just relax a little bit. And right. It will. It is the last go round, one way or the other, for these seniors. So um, I know. When I play recreational sports, I, I tend to do much better when I just relax and don't care. You know, I don't mean that that I don't care, but I'm just saying, hmm. you know, when you when you relax, that's when you perform best generally. So I'm hoping that that's what the the attitude the guys will have going out. There. I wasn't aware you played recreational sports, Sander. Well, there was a day back in the time <laughs> when I was a kid. 
So let me ask you this question, Kelly, as, as, the, as the football season winds down, and uh, I think we all have affection and appreciation to Jay Hobson. And as, as, as when he was on this show at the start of the season, I told him one thing I've always really liked about you is you may have played football at Ole Miss, but you just strike me as being a Golden Eagle. And he quickly said, I am a Golden Eagle. Now that we've had time to reflect on it, and this is just speculation, why do you think Jay Hobson resigned? Boy, Bob, there's uh, there's that, that answer it would probably take more time than we have. It, I think it was a combination of things. I think that deep down inside, and I don't have any proof of this, I'm speculating, but I think that he probably didn't get the support from the uh, from the higher ups of the administration and some things that maybe he wanted to do uh, that that either he thought he was going to get or was promised the, of the support that he would get. I think you know. I think that was part of it. Um, do you think I the think Art Briles? I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you think yeah. the Art Briles situation is an example of that? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, 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 think I was so. trying not to go there, but I mean, yeah. Since you brought it up, yeah, I think so. I think Jay Hobson felt you know that, that it was his call. And again, I'm speculating. I haven't talked to Coach Hobson about that in particular, and he probably wouldn't want to talk about it anyway. Uh, he's you know he's not he's the type of guy that's not going to kiss and tell. You know he's not right. going to. Um, but I suspect that, that he probably felt like that, that was his call to make, and and when he didn't, you know, approach the president about it, maybe at the time, uh, and the president, you know, over overruled him, he probably felt that, you know, well, am I your coach or am I not your coach? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 decisions am I gonna gonna be able to make? And I think he just uh, he kind of heard maybe maybe some of the grumblings, and being a Southern Miss guy, you know. He, offered to make himself a sacrificial lamb and probably just said, you know, look, if, if you really think it'll do the program better for me to go, I'll go, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. which has really got to hurt. But, yeah. um, but he's a great coach. He's going to land on his feet. And um, 2020 was going to be such a, a a mess anyway, not necessarily Southern Miss, but I'm just talking with COVID and the whole college football scenario this year. So and this is chalk up 2020, get rid of it and move on, you know. Yeah, I think as we all watch the Golden Eagles finish up the season this afternoon, though, we ought to give a little thought to Coach Hobson and his contribution, not only this year, but throughout his football career to Southern Miss, Kelly. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. So, and, and, of course, he was an assistant coach here before the head coach. So. Right. All right, Eagle Hour, one more segment to go. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by Hattiesburg Toyota. What a great place to go buy a car. Wouldn't that make a griff, a great Christmas gift? Uh, somebody in your family finds a new Toyota with a big red bow on the top of it on Christmas morning. They've got cars, trucks, SUVs, new and used. Great service after the sale. Huge inventory right here on Highway 98 West. We thank uh, Hattiesburg Toyota for their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, Kelly J. Sander with me. Kelly, you're always a man full of news. Let's hear it. Well, Bob, major leagues, uh, the Major League uh, Baseball yesterday, the commissioner's office announced all of the minor league affiliates for uh, the different major league teams. We did mention that the Atlanta Braves re-upped their commitment to uh, the Jackson area, the Pearl 
Trustmark Park, where the Mississippi Braves AA affiliate will continue to play. The Milwaukee Brewers also re-upped with Biloxi, so the Shuckers will be back in uh, Milwaukee uniforms with the AA system last year. But the overall the overall look of minor leagues now for Major League Baseball will be significantly different. Most of the Major League teams have gone now to just four minor league feeder teams instead of some of them had six, some of them had eight. So there has been a significant belt tightening by all Major League Baseball teams. And when the, effect, the effects of COVID have been announced by the commissioner, he said that when all will be added up, they figure that by the time all the receipts or <laughs> bills come due, that Major League Baseball would have lost $4 billion. That's with a B, $4 billion um, Major League Baseball lost wow. because of, of, of the COVID situation last year. And privately, Bob, insiders are saying they're not all, they're not all that confident about maybe the start of this season, that it might have to be bumped back a month or two. I mean, obviously, the, the vaccine is going to start going out next week to health workers and, and things like that. So, uh, but Dr. Fauci had said that he didn't really see any reason by uh, baseball teams and, and every sport, you know, starting in, in March or April next year, couldn't have full full crowds in the stands. So we'll have to wait and see. But $4 billion is a pretty big yeah. price to pay, and the teams responded accordingly by tightening their minor league belt and right. uh, narrowing their teams. All right, so Mississippi. is that good news for college baseball? Does that mean you will see fewer kids leaving after their junior year to take minor league contracts and more kids staying for their senior years? Yes, it will. And you, you, just, you just take a look at the math. There just aren't going to be the roster spots in the minor leagues that, that there were before. Um, so, and, and you don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but money dictates everything. <laughs> We've talked about this a right. lot of times. And, and because they lost all this money, they, it has to come from somewhere. So the college baseball teams will definitely... Um, be the recipients of the better part of this deal because, yeah, they're, they're just going to be fewer fewer spots. And when you look at the makeup of these major league teams and even in the minor league system, it's becoming more and more um, – there's just a lot, of, a lot of more Hispanic players and Latino players are playing than ever before, which, is, which will make it tougher and tougher for American-born you know, players to compete. So it's right. – um, yeah, more, fewer kids will be leaving – early because and and furthermore the money that's been thrown around to some of these guys out of college even if they left early those numbers aren't going to be as big either because again they've got to make up for that four billion dollars somehow every good program does this uh, obviously southern miss uh, no different but boy you can look back and think what might have been if if certain kids had not left their programs after their junior years and had stuck around for another year, how that would have changed the complexity of, of college baseball. So that, to me, is a, a fascinating scenario moving forward. We we could see some big changes in in the makeup of, of the top 20, 25 teams in college baseball. Yeah, but you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that it really would um, have that big of, a, of an, an effect because all the other college teams are in the same boat. Okay, yeah, so, but yeah, that's what I'm saying though. But it, but yeah. it does kind of change the landscape in ways that right now we don't we we don't know how that'll play out. The other thing that the other the other people that are going to be uh, recipients of good news in this deal are junior college programs, right. which Mississippi has because there's not going to be the guys leaving after their junior year or senior year. 
So if you're coming in as a prospective shortstop as a freshman, and you know that guy's the guy ahead of you is going to be there for another two or three years, it certainly makes junior college because you want to play, right? I mean, that's that's the whole idea is you want to play. So it's going to make the junior college route certainly more attractive for some of these kids coming out of high school if they have to now sit and wait three years before they even take the field. Right, right. Boy, so, you, you know, it'll it'll be 20 years from now we'll still be talking about, well, you and I may not be, but people will be talking about uh, the effects that COVID-19 had on, on the world of sports. Well, it comes along about once. This this was you know comparable to the to the Spanish flu uh, pandemic of the early 1900s. I mean, I remember that too. Um, you covered so, that, didn't you? You were in the, you were just getting in the news business back then, weren't you? <laughs> I was, yeah. So, you know, a tin type of you know newspapers going out and, and you remember what a newspaper is? You do. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember newspapers. Yeah, yeah. But I just wish the Eagles good luck today. I hope they can. Absolutely. Yeah, five thirty CBS Sports Network. Kelly, I know, is going to the game, so he'll give us a first-hand look uh, tomorrow and how things turned out. All right, Sander, have fun tonight, buddy. Thank you, Bob. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.